the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Gone. The minute I hear the song, love it. Now it's time to do some business, some thoughtful business. And I remember when you could think, I think it was really, you could trace it back till September 11th, when you could think before people just started to say, ah, you're crazy, you're a crackpot. We used to, um, at the Mercantile Exchange every Friday, we would get a, a private room, and about four or five guys at the Merc Club would get together and we would discuss... The JFK assassination. Can you believe that? And you'd be surprised from guys who were clerks to multimillionaires. And we would get in a room and we would have these discussions and we would talk it out. And you could present anything and you weren't canceled. You weren't thought of a conspiracy nut. It was just your take and an interesting situation. And then we had kind of September the 11th where all of a sudden conspiracy theorists were put into a corner and touted as kooks. And then people started to get afraid of maybe questioning information or their opinion. I think that it really kind of became uncomfortable after with Vietnam and the Gulf of Tonkin, as you hear me talk about all the time. Turns out it's an American government lie. September 11th, I don't buy the whole conspiracies that are out there, but I do think it's some interesting stuff. And was always uncomfortable about the Saudis that were involved, 16 out of 18. And I'd never liked the idea that just poof goes the CIA data. Oh, I'm sorry, boys. No questions. No, no records. That bothered me. But I think that was the interesting thing about finding out about being inquisitive, in particular to things that change the course of history. Well, we are standing at the reality of a forever changed world, not just America, world. This so-called pandemic changed everybody. Everywhere, forever. And the argument is, how much, if any, of your life and your freedom are you going to get back? So now comes the, wait a minute, let's trace back exactly how this happened. And what is happening to anybody who questions the wet market? Which, by the way, Frazier Thomas couldn't have made up a phonier story than the wet market. Hans Christian Andersen is laughing. That's the best you could do. Guy eating at a, at, a, at a wet market, and then, oh, you got the cough, and the next thing you know, the whole world shuts down. I never sat well with it. Never. If you've listened to me, I've been, I've been saying it since I filled in before it was the Sean Thompson show. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it turns out there may actually, actually be a paper trail. And you can always tell how close you are to a liar by the liar's reaction to you. There's a lot of ladies out there who know exactly what I mean. The minute you start questioning that fellow where he was at 3.30 in the morning on a Friday and you could smell that stripper perfume on his clothes, you know he wasn't at a meeting. And that's kind of what this smells like to me, although roles are reversed. And I think it's the would-be stripper lying to me at this time. Go ahead. Thank you, Jen. First on COVID, does President Biden think these theories we hear more about now that COVID-19 may have been man-made and escaped from a lab in China are a wacky conspiracy theory or based on what he has heard and been briefed on, does he think that's possible? Well, we went through this journey together yesterday, so let's do it again. Uh, so do it again. Come the president on, baby. believes there needs to be an independent investigation, one that's run by the international community. It's an international pandemic that is now the international community, the WHO. Would you say, in your opinion, it has profited or lost by the pandemic? That organization itself, which was riddled in scandal prior to this, and now appears to be beyond reproach. 
Would you say that it has gained strength or lost strength after the pandemic? So we are now turning to these people who were pretty much irrelevant to a certain extent in the vast majority of everyone's life. They had their little scam and their little corner going. But after this pandemic, boy, oh boy, they seem to have gotten real important. So now America, which you can say was harmed the most by this, because after all, we are the world currency. We were the freest economy up until then. We were the, the, the strongest economy up until then, you could argue. And you could say that the people were the most capitalistic, although bastardized, into corporatism. But boy, oh boy, that changed overnight. So instead of us doing our own investigation, we're going to turn it over to a body that since its inception has been riddled in scandal. The WHO has a long decades history of misappropriation of funds and skullduggery. Just look it up. Ask the evil Google. Even they can't lie that much. Killed hundreds of thousands of people around the world. He believes the Chinese need to do more to put forward data to be more transparent. And in the second phase of this effort, he certainly. So we're going to rely on the communist Chinese who right now have 2.5 million people in concentration camps have killed how many of their own citizens. It's really hard to get a number on it because they don't really keep statistics. Have it's the one country right now with the strongest grip of a communist-run society on the planet, and they're going to tell us the truth, and Psaki and Diapers Biden are going to believe it? Hopeful that will be the case. And he believes that every theory should be explored through that process, but that we shouldn't jump to conclusions before that data and that information is made available. Why? Why shouldn't we jump to conclusions, Joe? Because you can't jump or you can't come to a conclusion. Because if we're paying for it and the lab was funded... And all of a sudden, this this human enhanced disease jumped out. Someone's going to pay the cost, right? Yeah, I mean, you're not just going to ask us to say, ho, 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 take it easy, boys. There's no big deal. Everything's fine, right? I mean, let's say we go with your numbers and 600,000 plus people died in America. What about all of our time? What about the people that have lost time? They'll never get that back. And I don't just mean the 81-year-old in Europe who was the first one to get the vaccine who died. I don't just mean him. I mean all of the people who were kept from their lives. Is there going to be some sort of recourse, some sort of compensation, or are we just going to put it on the tab that we pretend we owe and just keep, keep going as you have become really gods among men and the American government has overthrown the Enlightenment and now we're walking around with diapers on our face waiting for you to tell me it's okay. Thank you. And on the rise in violent crime, uh, compared to this time last year, homicides up 113% in Minneapolis, up 38% in Philly, up 22% in Chicago. Uh, Just to clarify, the White House's position on this is that that is mostly because of guns. Well, first, I'm not sure what data you're looking at, but I think what we can most data that is out there shows that there's actually been a rise in crime over the course of the last year. since Yeah, the start that's, of- that's all Trump's fault, the crime. I didn't want to get to the crime because, after all, that is really specific to Democrat-run areas. So that crime jump doesn't exist in Republican-run areas. That's just Democrat-run areas. And, and the reality is that's the normal trajectory of these sewers that Democrats build. These are the ghettos. What I wanted to talk about more was the evidence Because, see, here's what's going on in the news today, in case you're not torturing yourself and you don't have to look at the Drudge Report or you're not watching CNN or any of the others. Their big story on CNN and and the the Marxist propagandists, their big story is Trump is uh, they're 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 gathering a grand jury whether to indict Trump, which is all they really have. They can't really get any traction by focusing on their own failures and corruption, because then what will happen is the people will learn that we don't really have a media We have a Marxist think tank presenting talking points on how to sell this BS to a once free people. But luckily, there are still a couple of Republicans out there and you haven't heard their name. In fact, there's a Republican out of Virginia, Ben Klein. He's a congressman who was uh, lucky enough to get Auntie Mary, also known as Dr. Fauci, the 80 year old with the Botox in his face like he was uh, doing a perfume commercial. He was able to get him on a Zoom call and ask him some very specific questions. Now, I'm going to tell you right now. Ben is from Virginia, and they're not too exciting, for the most part, the people from Virginia. So he's going to be a little boring, but the content of what he says is crucially important. Thank you, Madam Chair. I want to thank our witnesses for being here and for their diligent work in developing the vaccine for COVID and for uh, working with its distribution. I want to first start by quoting from a 2011 uh, 
opinion piece that Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins wrote for the Washington Post, a flu virus risk worth taking, uh, where it includes that uh, you, you conclude uh, along with support for this research comes a responsibility to ensure that the information is used for good, safeguarding against the potential accidental release or deliberate misuse of laboratory pathogens is imperative. The engineered virus developed in the ferret experiments in your column are maintained in high security laboratories. The scientists, journal editors, and funding agencies involved are working together to ensure that access to specific information that could be used to create dangerous pathogens is limited to those with an established and legitimate need to know. Uh, so when I'm looking at a letter that uh, Congressman Mike Gallagher sent to you uh, back in early uh, May, says that, uh, that funding uh, for the, sorry, let me find this here. Come on, that, Ben. Uh, funding was uh, about $17 million was uh, directed to Echo Health Alliance, and uh, rather than $600,000, uh, much of that was sent to the Wuhan lab. Uh, That's a problem. See, to me, that's a problem, in particular, when you have a paper trail that doesn't just go to a year ago, goes back to 20 and 2011. So for 10 years, you were paying this lab to work on modified viruses. And when this very lab, it looks like, and in my opinion, is where the virus that shut down the world and forever changed the course of history comes from. It looks like the people who are at fault are the very people who are now in charge. And that's the repercussion? Rather than people spending life in prison? I just watched a movie today where a kid who was playing with a website got two life sentences in 40 years. And who died? Was the world shut down? How many people right now are facing life sentences for crimes? Yet what we're talking about doing is giving these people more money and more control? This is not a conspiracy theory. This may be that we have stumbled onto a platform that has enriched, and I don't just mean in money, I mean in power, governments that invested in this virus. I think that's a problem. I have a problem with it. Do you? 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls and comments when I get back. You know, when that first came out, when it all first happened, I, I was I, I listened to this two guys from New York that did that or three guys from New York. I thought to myself, there's no way, no way they're going to shut down America for this thing. No way. And then when it happened, I remember thinking it's not a, uh, a light switch. It's not just like a close in my store and the next day you turn it back on. There's going to be big problems. And then I thought, boy, oh, boy, if they do this and the people turn over and surrender all of their decisions and all of their ideas and all of their freedoms to, to the government. How do you get it back? And I thought to myself, you don't. And from that point on, your relationship with the American government is forever changed. It will never be the same, and it, it, it's never going to be the same. So, boy, oh boy, if it wasn't a plan, it sure was the most, no enemy in the, in the world could have done to America what its own government did to the Americans. No government. So it really did work out for the position of those people who want government in control of everything and government to be the arbitrators in, in everything, including money and mobility and everything. 312-642-5600. I got a couple lines open. Joe in Dundee. Hi, Joe. Hey, Sean. Yeah. Uh, Peppermint Patty Pisecki. <laughs> oh, be, oh, that's not, that's not she terrible. She is like, uh, yeah, well, I mean, she's like, uh, you know, the the – the one that covers for uh, all his naps. <laughs> but I will say this. I don't think, you know, what's funny. She reared her head under the Obama administration. This, 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 this accusation, this paper trail leads back to the Obama administration. 2011 is when this, this funding for this lab started. So I, I was reading your comment, and you said she's covering for Biden. I, I, it, it's bigger than Biden. Biden, to me, I mean, nobody, I, to be honest with you, I think even the Democrats don't take Biden seriously. I think even they're embarrassed. You know, he's going to meet with Putin. Can you imagine this meeting? You're going to meet with the Russian bear. 
The guy who's riding horseback with no shirt on, right? The KGB strongman is going to meet this flaccid, wannabe fascist, all 80 years old and wrinkly, and he can barely stand up, let alone form a sentence. We'll be lucky if we don't get invaded the Monday after. And, uh, you know, I don't think Democrats even take this moron that seriously. So I think it's more the position. Go ahead. Hey, hey, Sean. Yeah, I was down at the Merck when uh, uh, Argentina invaded the Falkland Islands and gold went from uh, 200 to 800 uh, an ounce. Um, So what was that, 89? uh, Was that 89? No, it was before then. No, earlier. Oh, no, I started there in 81, 81, 82, 83. So it had to be like... 82 or 83. Okay, so now I want your opinion, because I don't get a chance to talk to a lot of guys who were there and left under those years. And I'm going to ask you, it's going to be a little off topic. Did you ever think you would see a time when the American citizen would be comfortable turning over all financial activity to a small group of people within the Fed and within Wall Street and investment banks. Did you ever think you'd see a time when the average American wouldn't care if uh, if our financial system has been corrupted? Sean, I, I have in, inside information, and I work the currencies also. So I, I knew there was Fed intervention and that there was like uh, seven top commodities firms that had direct access to the Federal Reserve Board. So, you know, they were getting their information first. You know, it's just uh, a different time today, I guess uh, you'd say, that, uh, you know, uh, China uh, is our arch enemy. I mean, it does uh, make sense, though, why China has been buying all these politicians, doesn't it? For the last 30 years? Well, China, China right now is a Democrat's money tree. Yeah. You know, they want to spend all this money. And uh, hey, you know, the average U.S. citizen is not uh, coughing up the dough, you know, so uh, they want to protect their money tree. Joe, I, it's, uh, I appreciate the call. Do me a favor. Call ahead. again, because I want to talk to you more. I just got to take other calls. I hope you don't mind. We got to stay a little bit on topic. Susan, Highland Park, 312-642-5600. Hi. Hi. I think we're at the point where does, does the world not see that this is the globalist um, takeover? It's not just a socialist takeover. It's a globalist view which is scarier than socialism. Well, it's Marxism. It's the wipe, the wipe out of it's Marxism. Christian values that this country was founded on that kind of keeps us grounded. Did you ever think, and, and I mean this, you could go, but you could, I remember the Bill Clinton years very well. I was doing, you know, that was when we were young and we're working. I remember them. His administration, his administration would have never said, we are going to wait for other countries, the World Health Organization and China to give us the data. Bill Clinton would not have done that. And Bill Clinton, I'm fully aware when he left that he is the main reason we are in this pickle as he sold out to China at the end. But I'm talking about early Bill Clinton, first term Bill Clinton. The, 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 kind of, the way in which these, these Democrats prostrate themselves in front of these communists makes me nauseous. Oh, beyond nauseous. They, um, they don't have a clue what's coming their way either because it's not, it's not socialism. It's a much worse view of America as they chip away our laws very, um, very, very, in an almost um, invisible way that we're going to see our rights be ripped out right Susan, from Susan, could they do worse? Do right. Could they do worse than the Democrats who want you and your kids not to leave your house under certain circumstances? Who are, now pushing, is- who are now pushing that we now vaccinate kids who were not susceptible to COVID because we're more oh, concerned if they spread it to old that. people than we are their own health. Yeah, and they, they better start taking a look at what uh, what they're putting in those things that they're putting in those little kids. Because I'm not anti-vax. I'm anti-speed to market when you can't tell me if something that's safe or effective to use without asking questions and giving appropriate answers. Susan, you're 100% right, and I appreciate the call, and I thank you for listening. But here's the other thing. How do you put something in adolescence that you have not tested? This has not been tested. You want to force it on old people? Okay, fine. We all know how it worked out for the first guy that got stabbed in, in, in England. He's dead, the 81-year-old. You can find it everywhere. So 81, ah, what was his quality of life, right? But at this point, I mean, he could have been president in America. But at this point, the idea that we're putting this in kids and we're forcing them to do it, not even choice, not even choice of the parents, that lets you know how un-American 
America has become. This is not the land of the free and the home of the brave. This is the, the, the land of the serf and the home of the unfortunate, tyrannical that would profit on them. 312 642 5600. Wolf Blitzer. Talk about a one trick pony. Every day, every day. Grand jury conveyed in Trump criminal probe. I think that we should have a criminal probe into Fauci. And I am dead serious. Because if this scallywag has been giving money to the lab for the last 10 years, what the hell has he been doing for the last 37? Can you account for the 17 million that was uh, allocated to Echo Lab and speak to the uh, disparity in the in the amounts that you're discussing, Dr. Fauci? Yeah, Congressman Klein, uh, it is absolutely correct that about 600,000, about 800,000 was was allocated and about 600,000 was spent over a five year period. No more than that. Oh. It comes to anywhere between one hundred and twenty five and one hundred and fifty thousand dollars per year that went to the collaboration with Wuhan. Why was it one? Why was it one? There's a moratorium on genetically engineering diseases for the last 30 years. Why was it one dollar? Maybe Wolf Blitzer with his with his filled in beard would like to comment on that. I mean, after all, we might as well get Fauci up on the stand while his Botox is still lasting. 80 years old, Botox, it's despicable. Not to mention he was investing in diseases. Greg LaGrange. Hey, how you doing, Sean? A little angry when I find out that the, the most uh, horrific thing to happen to humanity in the last thousand years was paid for by the American government. How are you? Uh, us, basically. Uh, I'm doing fine. I think, uh, I think the problem now is the thing that bothers me about the shots is that they're telling you to get it. And it's this big push to get it. And there is no discourse whatsoever. You have doctors that can discuss these points very respectfully, very uh, civilly, and in a public forum, and they shut down all dissent. What do you expect? If you're caught in lie after lie after lie after lie after lie, what do you expect? You know what my father said to me as a kid? He told me all the time. He goes, I trust the thief more than I trust the liar. Yeah. Well, you know? Yeah. I... And, and, and it's, these guys are habitually, uh, they're habitual liars. Greg, what's the tenant in the Enlightenment? What is it that America is built on and what has been under attack for the last 70 years by the American Marxist calling himself a Democrat? And that is the ownership of yourself. You, you are your property. You. And the idea that government or anyone for that matter would tell you that you must put a chemical into your body. Or you are not patriotic or you don't care about your fellow man or whatever in the hell crowbar excuse they want to come up with is how you understand at that point, 50 percent of this country has rejected the Enlightenment and rejected Americanism and now feels that they have access and control to mortgage people to themselves and vice versa. So, in other words, what has happened is that we have given away the principles of America itself. When you could have politicians and and news reporters come on and tell you to vaccinate your child, who is, by all measure of even cooked science, the least likely to be affected or transmit or carry the COVID virus. And now they want you to put a a medication that, by the way, they're held harmless from. They're held harmless. In fact, the CDC right here. Thank you very much for the call. The CDC will not investigate mild infections in dosed uh, uh, vaccinated people who are now showing signs of, of COVID. So in other words, if you're vaccinated and you say, I'm sick again, I got COVID. The CDC says they don't want to hear it. They're not interested in actually producing what they say they are which is, in fact, a vaccination or a cure or whatever label they're trying to put on it. What they're interested in is selling you that they have produced a vaccination. Don't worry about it, because this vaccination is is riddled in scandal, riddled. And I don't just mean the first person in England, the 81-year-old man who just died, first person to ever get it in the, in the world. I'm talking about all of the people that have blood clots, all of the people that have gotten sick and died after the second dose or just sick like my father-in-law. 
They don't want to talk about any adverse to their propaganda and their talking point. When the reality is, this whole damn thing is riddled in scandal. So the number of hundreds of thousands as opposed to millions is correct. The millions number is incorrect. EcoHealth has... Splitting hairs, aren't we, Auntie Mary? Fauci? Splitting hairs. You don't own it. You only paid 600000 a year over the last 10 years. You don't own it. It wasn't that much. I'll tell you what. To buy that, you have to have... Well, to buy that, you would have had to vote for Biden, and you have no standards. You don't care that we have a president who, who couldn't manage a, a grill, couldn't manage a 24-hour truck stop, yet he's running the country. Brian Ingleside. Yeah, hi, hi Sean. Uh, nice talking with you. Um, uh, before I get to my main point, I just wanted to... Another, a previous caller had a nickname for uh, Jen Saki, and I, I just came up with one listening to this program. I, I inspire I a lot of snarky uh, thoughts, so give it to me. How about Hacky Sacky? Oh, I like it better than the other one. I think Hacky Sacky, okay. that's a good, that's in the running, kid. Yeah, because, I mean, she is a hack, and then, you know, that old... Uh, you don't have to explain it to me. Do I look like a Democrat to you? I got it on the first take. Go ahead. Okay, and then I'm um, just wondering if you... Uh, uh, yesterday, Project Veritas came out with a... Um, with a story with some uh, whistleblowers that worked. Uh, I saw it. Uh, in, yeah. And uh, you're talking about Facebook. For the life of me, I just, yeah, about the, about how they're suppressing any, any of their users who, who talk about negative effects or negative information of the vaccine. Look at it this way. It's better than what they did in the Soviet Union where they stuck you in a hole and shot you. It could always be worse. This way, they just take you off their little site that they created. And I'm going to tell you right now, Brian, it is the reason that I don't and have not really gone on Facebook, except a very, if I'm stuck in the airport and I'm bored out of my mind, I'll go on it. But for the most part, I gave it up. I gave Twitter up. And the reality is, do I think that was their agenda? Or do I think that they had capitulated over a year of intimidation and threats by the Marxists in Congress and in the Senate? And I, I'm going to pick mm-hmm. B. If you go back, and you could do this on your own. I had Misty cut this up a while ago, and it was it was just not relevant anymore. But if you go back and you look at the, the congressional hearings of Zuckerberg and the, the moron yep. from Twitter, if you were to look at that, mm-hmm. you would definitely see the mafia innuendo of you better capitulate to what we want or you will be taken out. And that's what they do. They use their power, they misuse law to either strip you of your property or break up your business. So I'm not shocked that they did this. I'm just, uh, I'm just happy that it's at least not 100 years ago where those Soviets just took you out versus these ones that just kick you off Facebook. We're lucky that we're here. Thank you, Brian, for the call. I'll take the rest of your calls when I get back. 312-642-5600. With that guy that wore Dan Prop suits. Remember? Pee Wee Herman? One of the greatest movies ever made. Pee Wee in the Circus. All right, let's get more serious now. We've got a, I think it's a doctor on the line. Rich, Riverside. Hello, Sean. Hi, Rich. Happy to listen to your show every day. Oh, I appreciate it. Enjoy your enthusiasm. (laughs) Thank you very much. I don't know if it's aggravation or enthusiasm, but I, I like your word better, so let's go with that. Okay. Uh, the, the subject of where the virus originated from is really a no-brainer. Fauci knows, every evolutionary biologist who ever lives knows. All you have to do is look at the characteristics of the virus. You know. Look, we know that the virus does not transmit easily outdoors. We know that it transmits very easily indoors. Now, if it came from a wild animal... Do wild animals live indoors? No. No. So the evolutionary track, there's a random mutation. If that mutation has survival benefit, then that lineage reproduces and becomes a dominant lineage. If it has negative survival advantages, it dies out and is replaced by a more fit Darwinian evolution, a more fit lineage. Well, we know that COVID-19 hardly transmits well at all outdoors, that speaks against it being a wild animal origin, besides the fact that we can't find it in wild animals. Fauci knows this, all the evolutionary biologists, but they're in the same bag as the other anti-Trumpers. They won't speak truth 
about science, they simply let their politics overwhelm them. And Rich, in the last two minutes, what you did is something that we've not heard many doctors be able to do due to the fact that the government has taken the position, if you were to question or disagree with, you somehow are anti-patriotic. Is this not something that all totalitarian nations have done for the last thousand years? And did you ever think you'd see it here in this country with so many learned doctors who are capable of this thought? They've been at it for years. Decades ago, when herpes was a big uh, uh, epidemic in the United States, a brilliant immunologist in Great Britain, a lady immunologist, I'm 74 now, so memory's not as good as it should be. She, She came up, she actually engineered a cyclovir, and they had it only in injectable form. I went and imported it from um, Great Britain, and I opened up a clinic in my regular office on in the evening hours, and I uh, used the medication. The Chicago Medical Society, the AMA, the FDA, they all came after me. They threatened me. They sent cease and desist. I ignored it all. Within two months, the immunologist that I mentioned had come up with a double-blind study showing that it worked, the FDA passed emergency use authorizations for the United States, and they quickly formulated a pill form, which put me out of business because and I was glad to be out of business because I was injecting the acyclovir, and it was 99-plus percent effective in suppressing the infection, although it doesn't eliminate the infection. So I've dealt with them before. The only blowback I ever got and it was actually positive blowback, was when AIDS came along some years later, the FDA contacted me and authorized me to prescribe AZT, which was in short supply, which was the only, which was the first uh, anti-HIV medication. And I had a special stamp that I had to stamp the prescriptions with, but that was the last I ever heard of them. They're bureaucrats. All you have to do is stand up to them, speak truth to their nonsense, and, and eventually they go away. Rich, I've only got a little bit of time. I want to ask you something. And what you've witnessed over this last year and what you know about the, the, the vaccine and what the, in, in the way in which the information of the people that are having negative reactions, it's being stifled and ignored and put aside. Do you trust the vaccine? It, the vaccine is effective, but like all vaccines, it has side effects in this one particular. Two mistakes that they're making is asking kids to be vaccinated and and second shots are not necessary. The the immune system is is potent in in most people who are still breathing. And if you stimulate the the spike protein antigen for the immune system to respond to, that's all you need. Two or three years down the road, it'll have to be examined whether a booster is needed. This using a booster three weeks later, is absolute insanity. It's the old saying, uh, less is more. Rich, I don't have a doctor since truly my doctor's name was A. Pepper, Dr. Pepper, retired. (laughs) You are my honorary doctor. We have a deal? But I'm retired also. That's all right. I never go to the doctor. It's just in standing. Thank you so much, Rich. And I mean it. You made my day. Thank you for calling the show. Thank you, Sean. Bye-bye. Our callers are better than other shows, personal guests. You see what we're doing here? This is how, this is what we're doing here. We're building a pushback against the would-be Marxists telling us they have the answers. 312-642-5600. You're going to have to wait till 605. I'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. When it comes to negotiating with the Marxists, I think we can all agree, bipartisans can agree on this. The Republicans suck at it, 
In fact, they never, ever even come close to anything that looks like a win for the fiscally conservative or, moreover, the capitalists. The capitalists that are still left in this country have been taking a beating for the last 80 years. That's just the fact. Even when we pretend we get a win and we get somebody who is touted to be capitalists or fiscally conservatives or economically sound, it just, we lose. The national debt is something that we're better off not even talking about because it grows almost faster under Republicans than it does Democrats. That being said, we've got a hybrid in office. We've got an 80-year-old who's definitely wearing a diaper and may or may not be absolutely senile. In fact, I don't think he could get out of a room without an exit sign flashing, let alone lit up. And he's just going to say yes to everything. Well, the pirates that we call politicians, they cannot wait to get their hands on it. And whenever you get this kind of money involved, you get some of the old-time pirates. They dust them off, they bring them out, and we've got our own right here who... If you were on the mafia side, you'd love little Dick Durbin. You'd have a picture of him in your house. You'd have a portly statue there. In fact, you'd have his wife, the lobbyist, and his nephew, the lobbyist. You'd have them on speed dial. You'd be able to call these son of a guns up, and you'd get billions pushed through in a hurry, and no one would raise an eyebrow. So he doesn't like the idea that we've had to wait. There's only been $3 trillion that they forced through in the last five months. He's trying to get an extra trillion, and he's here to tell you he doesn't need you to agree with him. Recently. And I think there are two reasons why we ought to think twice about uh, $1 trillion or anything less. Uh, the first, of course, is that it would cut out money for research, innovation, creating new businesses, for example, chip manufacturing in the United States. You know, it's, it, the one thing when they talk, it's like the world started yesterday. All of these things he wants, all of this, this money that he's begging for, there's already a velocity of money that's been in all of these areas, all of these industries, you know, for the last, say, 200 years, but specifically the last, say, 30, where it's unprecedented. We're built in the budget for all of this nonsense that they managed to misappropriate is an automatic 3% increase. It's kind of like those mystical, magical municipal pensions where just every year it just clicks, just goes up. Three percent, three percent, three percent. With American workers, uh, things that are essential to the growth of our economy. So we'd leave those on the table if we come and lowball the figure. And secondly, you know, the bottom line is go this. Go big or go home. Uh, if we are going to move forward in this economy, we need to do it on a bipartisan basis to get it done. President Biden has reached out to the Republicans over and over again to try to reach some uh, compromise. I think he is right to do that. But at some point, we have to move forward. Well, I think it's coming up very soon. I mean, let's, well, in a matter of weeks, as far as I'm concerned. Weeks. Uh, you know, just consider the fact that after all the promises, Donald Trump never delivered, never delivered on an infrastructure package. The problem that he faced in the Republican Party still is there today. They're not willing to pay for it. Uh, they don't want to increase uh, taxes on people who are wealthy, folks who got an enormous tax break with the Trump tax plan. And unfortunately, that leaves them very little money to work with to build this economy. This, this is so full of just BS. It's why his name is synonymous with BS. That's why when you hear me say Durbin, I really mean BS. Because the infrastructure that he's pretending we, we, we need so desperately, we have been funding the entire time, and the municipalities and the counties and the states have been absconding with the money. They've been stealing it in the general fund to pay their little workers that they are. They're also their their base of voting block. They're bribing people to vote for them. And the money went poof. And every so often they need to subsidize it from the states that were run appropriately. And we hide behind this word infrastructure. It is the same word used to tax you and double tax you forever. And this talking about this money as if it's going to fix things rather than equal future taxation has a certain level of economic incompetence that makes you believe we still are the richest, most powerful country on the planet when we have a $30 trillion debt they admit to and a $240 trillion unfunded liability that no one wants to talk about. And for Republicans to not say enough is enough lets you know that they simply want to bring home the bacon as well. 
Every Republican congressman, every Republican senator should come united, and I don't care about what the differences are, and stand against the idea that this is this this economic emergency in which government started and government promoted and government executed somehow needs to be rescued by taking more of your property and more of your future earnings or really your great grandkids you you haven't met yet because this dog is not letting go of the bone they're going to continue to beat this drum and what little dick durbin is telling you is he doesn't need republicans he's going to give them three weeks to come around and then they're going to executive order and jam this thing through the way they did the 1.9 trillion so few of us even democrats i think agreed to although when i think about how excited they get for those checks for nothing and food for free maybe they uh they were in on it you're right you're right you're right peter and that's why we're we are focused well we're focused on uh solutions here and that's why we proposed uh putting a five we put five billion dollars in the american jobs plan to help address community violent intervention programs to help fund them that's also why we fought for funding for state and local governments in the rescue plan something who are the state and local governments that need these rescues where are the state and local governments that constantly need this infusion of cash You think they have one common denominator? They're all Democrats. Every single one of them. And this is no longer an economic plan. This is no longer about infrastructure. At this point, at these numbers, it's really quite simple. This is economic sabotage. Because the one thing that they understand is the more that they fail in every instance, the more power they gain, the more authority they demand, and the more we give them. So until people unite and say, get to their Congress people, I want you to stand directly opposed to this. And if it should happen, I want you to fight a tooth and nail. Nothing's going to change. But I'm wondering, can it even change at this point? Or are we all just subjects to their whims? Uh, Many uh, opposed. There was a lot of Republican opposition to that. That's helped keep cops on the beat and other public servants in vital roles. And it's why uh, his budget proposal, uh, his budget proposes to increase funding for the cops program by $300 million to invigorate community policing. We believe there needs to be funding. We believe there needs to be, uh, we need to help from the federal government ensure community policing and uh, local police have the uh, assistance they need. And the last one, the mayor of St. Louis says that she believes more police does not prevent crime. Does President Biden agree with that? The president believes there's a number of steps that need to be taken to rebuild trust in communities. Police reform is long outdated. He also believes that there needs to be funding for local programs and local initiatives. And there's not going to be a shortage of funding uh, under our... You see what I mean? They're the ones that created this. The defund movement is their movement. Yet they're going to use its failure as a mechanism to profit. I mean, how much longer must we go through this? Must we torture ourselves? Must we bankrupt the future before people say, we are on to you, Pisaki, hacky Pisaki? Boy, I hate the fact I didn't come up with that. I'm still going to stick with Pippi Lystocking, however. I still think that's good. Until people of all, all levels of income, of all nationalities, of races, of genders identify that we are merely the fodder for their whim and the idea that this can go on in perpetuity these are people we've already in a year given seven trillion dollars to seven trillion they've pretended to be helping us the whole time they're guaranteeing our mediocrity you cannot go on like this this entire economic system is a sham as far as i'm concerned but you'll have to forgive me i'm a capitalist The idea that government can somehow just continue to borrow and use it as weapons of taxation guarantees not stagflation that people pretend we're going to have, but depression and hopelessness. What is the ultimate plan by the Democrats to have government fund so much money that somehow the economy becomes magical and strong? They're paying themselves with future tax money. It is a losing formula. And why cannot the Republicans articulate this? I do not hear an articulate argument against this Keynesian destruction of our economy from any sitting Republican in office. And I mean anyone. It is a travesty. And I'm wondering, can we force our party to fight up against this? Or are we merely just going to sit idly by 
as the trillions pile on top of each other to guarantee hopelessness for our grandkids. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. It's simple to me. This is intentional. There is no way, it was like when we had Dr. Rich call, there is no way people who are economists, who are graduates of various economic schools and masters, there's no way they do not understand that $180 billion that the, the government is printing to buy the market, $40 billion, this is a month, $40 billion into Unsecured corporate bonds, the repo market that nobody wants to talk about, another $120 billion every single month. Not to mention the CRs, the continuing resolutions where we pretend there's a fight over the budget or we have a debt ceiling. It's all Durbin. It's all Durbin. They just continue to do it to the future. And here's the other thing that no one is talking about. Those PPP loans that they said was going to save business, they're coming due. And if you didn't file your paperwork just right, you don't even know the terms of how you're going to pay it back. How many companies will be pushed over the edge in bankruptcy? They're not there to help. They're there to take over. And in the meantime, where are the restrictions? Can someone point to me to the restrictions on government? If we spend $7.1 trillion, that adds $56,000 for every American family to the national debt. Every American family can do a lot with $56,000. See, they sign for it. A small group says, go ahead, print it up, and you pay that money. That's 56000 on top of the hundred and three you already owe. That's what you really owe. It is, it is preposterous. And there is, they're going to come for this money. Believe me when I tell you they're going to come for this money. And you know where they're not going to go for the money? Okay, you're watching the Fox Business Network. We're coming into the bottom of the hour. Let's welcome back to the show former federal prosecutor Brett Tolman. Okay, now we have Representative Devin Nunes. By the way, it's great to see you again, Brett. I never got the hang of that. So we've got Devin Nunes. It's good to see you. Devin Nunes is a ranking Republican on House Intelligence. He blasted the media for, quote, utter corruption and not reporting on Hunter Biden's multiple hundreds of mysterious trips through Joint Base Andrews to make military millions of dollars overseas in these business dealings with Russia and China that we really don't know the full extent of it. So what's going on with the media here? Yeah, you know, it dawns on me. Think about what would have happened if the media really dug into this issue. If we had, if we had a, a, a media that was interested in investigating and holding individuals uh, accountable, I could see, I could envision that the IRS starts to ask questions about what, were these personal or business trips uh, that were. They're not going to go after them. See, they're exempt from paying the taxes that they're going to strap our children, our grandchildren, and our great grandchildren with. This is the beauty of a two-level society where the government oligarchs are exempt from the very taxes and punitive confiscatory rules they put on we the people who didn't agree to any of it. I'm sorry, I'm getting sick of the game. I'm getting sick of the game because we're the ones that are paying for this and they're the ones that are having a party like it was Caligula. Tom, Logan Square. Hey, Don, man, what a great show. I can tell you this. Um, we should do a website called Tax Across America, Audit Across America. We need to know every tax dollar that's being spent and where. That's how we can stop them. Nobody's doing that. But you know who was the last person that asked to do that? Kennedy. Judy Bartopinka oh. in Illinois. Really? You remember her? Sure I do. Red hair, smoker's voice. Hi, doll. I remember her. Yeah, real thick voice. Yeah, but you know what? Like she it. was she was the last person to ask for an audit in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, she died of a mysterious heart attack. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> I, I would have went with Kennedy. It's more relevant. And, you know, he only said two things. Let's get rid of the uh, CIA. And I really want to look into the Fed. And then we didn't hear from him anymore, Tom. But this is the kind of stuff we used to talk about when we could think freely. Thank you for the call, Tom. I appreciate it. You know that. Mike Plano. Hey, Sean. You know, it's... With the, uh, you know as well as I do, there's no hope for the Republicans as long as Kevin McCarthy and Mitch I think he, I, I have to tell top. you, Mike. I think he's an idiot. I think Kevin McCarthy yeah. is an idiot. 
I think Scalise Absolutely. is in the position because the people feel sorry he got shot, which is a tragedy. But I think we've got yeah, nothing but morons in charge. Yeah, if you look at Scalise's record, he's just as bad as far as spending and all that. But um, here, here's the thing I wanted to say. Your colleagues are going to spend the next year and a half telling the call to go out and vote Republican again, but they can't sell these guys. You know, Lindsey Graham came out yesterday and said Republicans need to be an America First party. Well, McCarthy a few weeks ago said that uh, people who believe in America First are nativists. He just bought the line of uh, CNN and MSNBC hosts, so... Why should I vote for this guy? Because I'm not 100% sold on even voting in the next election. In my opinion, is that Kevin McCarthy needs to go back home and be uh, a used car salesman or an insurance salesman. Mike, I, 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 I'm going to tell you something right now. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. That's why I've, I've, I've never said I'm not a party guy. Until we get individuals that understand the gravity of what they've already done, the destruction to this country, to our personal wealth, and the guarantee for mediocrity and servitude in the future. I'm not going to get motivated or excited to vote for any of them. And I'm not going to buy some BS tagline. That's the other thing. Don't sell me a tagline. The whole time when you're in office, you're passing this kind of nonsense, you're picking winners and losers, and guess what? I hate to break it to you, a lot of this goes on Trump. What the hell did he do for the national debt? I mean, really, I'm sorry, but uh, let's call it what it is. I'm tired of being scammed, and I'm tired of being taken for granted, and I'm tired of being sold in pitch lines for parties. Either do something about the damn spending or shut up and get out of the way. What do you think of that? Teresa on the north side. Hey, Sean, you know, in my opinion, the Democrats and most Republicans are in bed together. I mean, you can't tell me. When the three martini lunch comes around, both parties aren't sitting at the same table talking about Biden. anything but, but but politics and having a great time at our expense. Please, can you imagine Joe Biden in the 70s, 80s and 90s between the between the eight balls flying around the Kennedy lunches with the with the with the uh, waitresses? I mean, they're in on all of it. It's all Republicans. That's why John Boehner loves them. It's just I it, listen. That's where the bastardization of this government happened was under that. That's where the bastardization yeah. happened. And until we get people of integrity that understand the gravity, you know, you've destroyed our damn country. You destroyed yeah. the opportunity of the future. I, I, I feel terrible. I, I was at a picnic, and I have a young niece who went into finance. And she's regurgitating talking points about how strong the market is and how inflation isn't at hand. I'm sorry. It is a lie. There is no future when you have $30 trillion in debt. There is no future when your only answer to keep the economy going is to click, mouse click fake money and pretend you're helping the people or to keep businesses alive by giving them loans that nobody knows the terms to. You are setting up an economic collapse, and that's just the fact. There's no way to keep this going. And what's their big plan? Another war? Because you know it is. Thank you for the call. If you're on the line, stay on the line. I promise I'm going to get to you. Uh, 312-642-5600. I have one line open. I'll take your calls and comments when I get back. Facts have no manners. Facts have no manners. They're not polite. They don't care about your opinion. They just are what they are. And sometimes they're hard to look at, especially when you're emotional about things, especially when you've been wronged. Especially when you have an emotional attachment to things. But, unfortunately, facts are facts. Margot Burridge. Hi, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. First, I'd like to address the fellow who called up and said nobody was trying to audit the, the, where the tax money went or, you know, to track the tax money. There is a guy. His name is Adam Angievsky. He's from Illinois. He started a group called For the Good of Illinois. And then when he made the whole thing national, he now calls it Open the Books. All right. So, um can't ever spell his I remember name, that name. But I remember that open name. The book. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great guy. He's a great forensic auditor. And he's got everything, like, I think his, his slogan is, uh, every dime in real time online. Love so it. You can track it. It's amazing Love where it. all this federal money is being spent. You know, just where you can tell where all the buildings are in DuPage County. It's incredible. Sure. Anyway, um, the other thing I wanted to say is, um, when you were talking about Trump not saving the country money, I think he did save the country money. I think he was really trying hard, and he had other plans to do it. But you know, of course, well, he had all those. You're doing that thing that nice people do, and I say this to my wife all the time: Do not ever give your virtue or your intention to strangers. And I'm not saying this to bash Trump. I'm saying this as just the reality of where we are. 
And I, I'm going to tell you right now, Donald Trump was more conservative in very specific areas of the presidency than I ever thought he would be. I thought he was the greatest foreign policy president of my lifetime. And I am including Reagan in that, even though I am well aware of Reagan's accomplishments, because Donald Trump Absolutely. had his finger on the pulse of exactly how ridiculous it was to be in the an invention, a, a, an interventionist country that we are in wars for 20 years and the, and, the, and the ridiculous costs, not just in money, but in lives and in your opportunity. But, Margo, I, and here's Absolutely. the problem with money. It, it's hard to lie. You can only cook the books, but you can't lie. And the reality is George Bush doubled the national debt, which was almost unimaginable. And Barack yeah. Obama added $10 trillion to the national debt. And unfortunately, so did Donald Trump. That's just the facts. Now, do I think he, he could have been worse? Absolutely. But do I think that he, of all presidents, could have forever changed that trajectory of just continuing to spend and spend and spend? He of anybody, he's our only shot we had. That's why I think I feel so let down by him. He was the only president in in the country that, and at the right time to say the federal government will not take a position of shutting down the country and the economy. He should have done that when it came to COVID. He's also the one who should have stuck with his original concept of what got him elected, which was audit the Fed. He's also the one who should have said all of you bureaucracies that constantly get that uptick of automatic increase in spending that stops today. See, that's what we're going to need oh, in yeah. the White House if we're going to change anything. Oh, yeah, because you are so right on that. Absolutely. 30 trillion, yeah, Margo, has- 30 trillion. How do, can somebody tell me out there? I want some big egghead who looks like Megamind to tell me how you pay that off when you can't pay any of it off. When for the last four presidents, we've never paid one dollar down. Not one dollar. Their greatest achievement is it's not as bad as it could have been. Well, you know, that's not good enough. And ultimately, I'll tell you what one father to a girl I dated told me. I don't care what the circumstances are. If she's pregnant, she's pregnant. Let's just call it what it is. Right? Thank you, Margo. You didn't think I could offend you when I came to that on the budget? I did. It's what I do. It's a skill. David and Lansing. Hey, Sean. Uh, I want to put a little bit of an angle on this uh, for conservatives out there. Okay. Um, Yes, we should criticize Democrats, and yes, we should point out their flaws. But we should also not forget we have to go on defense and protect our own finances. So let me run something by you. Is it okay to just – I think Democrats start – or when a Democrat president is in office – the likelihood of a surprise war is is higher, so therefore we should hold a little bit of precious metals because precious metals always rallies during like surprise conflicts. The Serbian-Croatian conflict under Clinton, uh, the Libyan thing under Obama. You know, we have Russia going. It's not currency China. anymore, though, brother. It's an old it's an old fashioned concept. What you're what you're selling is an old fashioned concept before there were alternatives. So I understand it. Believe me, I I know many a gold bug. My best friend in life came to me when gold was $280 an ounce and said, buy everything you can. And it hasn't looked back since then. So I understand the principle. But the reality is gold has also been stagnant since 2011, 10. And the reason is it's not fungible. Gold is not a fungible currency anymore. It doesn't work. It's an old-fashioned ideology. It's kind of like the side of the pool when you're in the middle of the ocean. What you're going to need to do if you're looking for an inflation hedge, I'm not saying it can't go up, but where the real growth will be will be in alternative currencies, unfortunately, and in the and in the inflationary commodities themselves. So I what think, about, uh, you know, you know th- you're talking 30 back. trillion, brother, 30 trillion. You, okay. it, there's not enough gold. There's two there's two Olympic pools of gold. If you really wanted to put it in a pool, that's it. Okay, but uh, industry is coming back, and gold's used in industry, too, so there's a little demand there. You show me an industry that's coming back that doesn't have more debt than it has revenue. Show me one. Uh, You know, computers. uh, That's the right one. uh, That's the right one. But here's the thing. Ultimately, they can't tax me and you. David and Sean, you could take all the money in the world. You can't come close to paying, especially if these interest rates go up. So what's the next industry that's going to really experience confiscatory taxation and it's going to be data data will be taxed and that's the position government has put itself in it's really a beautiful position it can crush anything it puts its eye on because it has the excuse in the debt it created because it can't run itself properly it's a bad position to be in kid i know it's not polite 
It's not happy time. It's not feel good. There is no way out. You cannot pay off the debt. You cannot point to four presidents that have paid $1 on the debt. Not four in a row. And it's never been this big. So how does it end? I guess we could all have my, my niece tell you that the economy is strong and to buy EFTs. Okay, let me know how that works. Frank, Arlington Heights. Hey, uh, good evening, Sean. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you on the, the PPP loan. That's all right, babe. I like uh, this one. That's my wife. Because, um, well, Go ahead. Well, I mean, think about this. You know, Trump didn't want to turn, didn't want to shut the economy down. It was the Democratic governors who were forcing it. California was first, Fine. and they all started to find it was just something the government did. He should have gave the Michael shoot. Corleone. Go ahead. Well, shut down. You Democrats, shut down. Let your citizens that want to be free adjust or suffer. And that's the only way you could have cleansed sewer corrupt states like Illinois, because enough people would have said, I'm sorry, let's get Tubby out of the main seat. I think that would have happened if yeah. he would have taken that position. He, of anybody, could have pulled the Michael Corleone. My offer to you is this, nothing. As for the hunting license or the gaming license, you'll pay for it, Senator. He should have done the exact same thing. Yeah, well, he, he wound up saving a lot of people for bankruptcy, and he socialized the debt. That's kind of hurting Biden a little bit right now. That's true. He's like, yeah, I, you know what? That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point, but is it the right thing to do? Let me, let me keep you on, Frank. Is it the right no. thing to do through principle to socialize the debt? No, it's not, but it was, a, it was a political move he had to do. He was boxed in because the gov- Democratic governors were shutting the economy down and destroy all these businesses. And you yeah. could say, yes, that, hey, you know, they would have moved and people would have, you know, you know, made political, different political choices afterwards, maybe, but there would have been a lot of pain. But he, he could have stood on the principles of capitalism and fought off the idea that PP loans are saving companies rather than casting them into debt. Because, Frank, you, you and I are going to come back. You're going to call back in two weeks, and we are going to have an indication as to how many companies have gotten the terms of the PPP that they were not forgiven from and have now filed bankruptcy. That's a caveat that we're going to have to talk about in two weeks. 312-642-5600. Yeah. You leave a note for prop. If he's going to do commercials, which I welcome on my show, I always love advertisers. By the way, if you want to advertise, please contact me or the station. But pep it up a little bit on my show with that seven-day rain voice, for God's sakes. All right. Let's go to one of my favorites because he's from Austin, Texas. Kevin. Formerly of Illinois in oh, Austin, Texas. Sean, thank you so much. I love hearing your voice and the, the, the Chicago accent. I don't hear it too often. Do I don't have an accent. The rest of the people do. Go ahead. Oh, that's what I tell everybody down here. You do a fantastic job of explaining and pointing out the problem and in, in a very entertaining way and very intelligent way. And I don't have an agent, but I like where this is going. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, the Republicans aren't going to do anything until they feel some pressure. And the way to get some pressure on these people is to find out who your pricing captain is and then put some pressure on them. And if that doesn't happen, become the precinct captain. Otherwise, we're just pitching jazz. We're just sitting there talking about the problem. But if there's no pressure, they're not going to do anything. But, Kevin, right now, there are people out there that are listening that understand there's more to to politics, there's more to the future than this go-along-to-get-along, than the idea that Republicans and Democrats were just going to have the idea that $10 trillion for Barack Obama is bad. Well, then $10 trillion for anybody should be bad. And until we, well, get, just- until we get the party that says, stop spending. You notice how no one talks about it anymore? It's the yeah, spending that's always that the problem. Until the people who want... And you're not going to get that party until the people who want to stop spending become active in it and become the precinct captains and you start know, making the decisions for the party. You know, I want to know oh, if I, you think this is relevant, because this infuriates me. But you understand me. I'm a capitalist, right? I don't think that a government should be in control of anything. In fact, I think whatever they touch, they destroy. Yeah, you're down at the Merck. I had a lot of family that was down at the Board of Trade. Bernie Sanders, listen to this. Bernie Sanders, this is in the Hill.com, wants government to get a piece of U.S. semiconductor companies in exchange for aid. So can somebody tell me how in the hell that works? Where the government, this is more than socialism, this is government economics, this is, this is Marxism, communism, this is the government in business. How, how, how does that work where they're not only collecting the taxes, but they're getting a piece of the profit? How does that work? I don't care how it works. I want to vote against these people. I want to vote them out. Bernie Sanders is a crazy socialist. And if people don't get upset enough to get involved, 
if they can't move, you got to get involved. Calling him a socialist is like calling Dr. Edwardi unattractive. It's just simply wrong and not strong enough. He, this is communism, and Dr. Edwardi is a dry heap. So you see where I'm going with this? Let's identify it for what it is. Kevin, exactly. I love the call. You know I do. Thank you very much. There's something else I wanted to get to that I, I, I thought when Misty cut it, because you have to understand, I make these kids work really hard, and I'm very difficult to work for. I, I really am. I'm a jerk. There's no question about it. But I love Misty Callahan. She's got the short and sassy hairdo, and she has Jagans. But she cut this tape, and I said, Misty, have you lost your mind? This is three weeks old. I can't run it. And she said, oh, no. Oh, no, it's not. It's from today. Later today, a group of senators will come to the floor to highlight an important issue, D.C. statehood. The District of Columbia has more residents than in Vermont and Wyoming and nearly the same number. Now, I know it's the same talking points, and I know you thought this was gone, but these rotten son of a guns are going to jam this through. You mark my words. Is Delaware, Alaska, and several other states. They have the same obligations of citizenship. D.C. residents pay federal taxes. They can be summoned for juries. They've served in every war since the Revolution. But they are all denied real representation here in Congress. D.C. statehood is an idea whose time has come. See, now I'm going to tell you how to combat this. If, you're, if I was a Republican in the Senate. Not only shouldn't D.C. be a state... It should not be the meeting place anymore, anymore for American politicians. In fact, you should have to sit where you represent all congressmen. We now know through the actions of covid, we don't need places to go and congr- uh, this kind of collusion anymore. This this congregation of politicians. After all, you're supposed to be closest to the people. So we can Zoom these congressional hearings and meetings. What the hell do we need all this pomp and circumstance anymore for? And do you want to know something? The people will get better representation. Now, I understand that Chucky would have to live where he rules over like New York. And it is, after all, a Democrat hellhole sewer. But that's where you should be forced to stay rather than your swinging pad in Washington, D.C., or as I call it, Las Vegas for nerds, Caligula. That's what it really is. So instead of the idea that it's going to become the first 51st state, nah, I say it's nothing anymore. And I say all of you rat politicians who are living with your, I guess, what are they called, AIDS? Go back home to your wives and the cankles, and you do the governing job you're supposed to do, right at home, closest to the people. State, I say we abolish Washington, D.C. I think you people are having a party there anyway. Now get back and have to look at the faces that you're turning into slaves to your spending and corruption. See, that's how you negotiate with Schumer with his glasses down. You're not fooling anybody with that doll hair. I wish I could argue with him. All right, I'll be back tomorrow, 5 to 7. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.